Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, December 8th. 2022 we've only got a few weeks left in the year so we're looking to bring it strong finishing up strong and get some good momentum going into 2023 hope everybody's doing well and having a great holiday season i know i am and i know my man pop has so much to talk about today because there has been tons of mlb news in addition to mid-season nfl mid-season college football NBA, etc. Let's start from the top, man. A lot of big name guys changing uniforms, some staying with the same uniform. Clearly, winners are Yankees, Padres, losers are Red Sox, Giants, maybe even Dodgers. How are you feeling after the, the last 48 hours or so? And Mike, I always love it. He has to throw the Dodgers in there, as usual. Well, well because usually start, they make a splash. Right, but let me just start with the Dodgers. They they did make a splash. They got Jason Hayward today. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you got Jason Hayward 12 years ago. That would have meant something. But, you know, um, the Dodgers have so much, though. Mike, that's what people have to understand. And Mike, they have the deepest – roster in baseball it's not just about who's on the 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 big boy team now who's at on the farm and now we get to have a kid now we get to have the toys come up yeah but no matter how you spin it pop you lost trey turner bellinger whatever because bellinger i think they've given up on him right belly they were ultra patient with the guy but trey turner's one of the best in the business okay let me let me let me bust it out for you why it's okay to let trey turner walk Trey okay. Turner doesn't hit 40 home runs a season, and he's not getting 120 RBIs, okay? Um, what he He's more of a, a $150 million a year player, not 11 years, $300 million. That's an absolute robbery what he just did to the Phillies. Great, great player, but we were never going to pay him that much because if we were going to pay somebody some big dollars, we'd have paid Harper. So I'm because Harper will deliver that with the, the stats that I just said. So – Trey Turner moving on, it's okay because Scott Boris is his agent. And we knew Scott Boris was going to try to break the bank on us. So, you know, move along because, you know, we don't get along with Scott Boris. It's that simple. That's why why Bellinger left because we weren't going to honor that deal. But Bellinger did the right thing for himself. He has to rework himself back into even having an MLB career because that's why he went to Chicago because Chicago is probably the best place for him to go ahead and try to get his swing back or get something back because the Dodgers just weren't paying for that, weren't going to pay for that. They love the guy. They didn't want to walk off from the guy, but you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So I, I get what you're saying. Um, you know, they usually make a big splash and they let Turner, Trey Turner walk, but if they really wanted Trey Turner, they would have signed him last offseason. If they really wanted, they knew what they had when they got him and they thought that it was going to be something reasonable, but they looked at the market and they said, okay, the, he's a rare player in the MLB right now. 
and he has Scott Boris, so we're going to over-exaggerate this thing a little bit, and then we're going to go ahead and get him paid. Guys like that never last much more, more longer than much more longer than five years after you know having the the impact that they have now. It, it does it does it's not it's gonna it's it's gonna wrap up soon because he's not a power hitter. So that's where I say it's okay. You know what I mean? I would rather pay a guy who's hitting who's 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 really putting butts in the seats. Is Trey Turner put really putting butts in the seat? No. He's not. He's a great role. He's a great role player, in my opinion. You know what I mean? It, it's not Lou Gehrig. It's not Babe Ruth. So those guys are the guys that um, you know you pay. Barry Bonds. Those are the guys that you pay. But Trey Turner, um, you're not worth three hundred million dollars. Sorry. Okay, I, I, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just gonna say. I, I look. I, I think you calling him a role player definitely undervalues what he brings to the table as a table setter, right? As a speed in the lineup, a guy who's going to get you a lot of hits and score a lot of runs. You're going to have to make up for that somehow, Pop. Who Who is going to replace the number of runs scored, the, run, the number of runs he manufactures, the base running disruption, and just the volume of hits that he gets? That That, to me, is a significant loss. Not so much the 25 or 30 homers from Bellinger, but it's this guy at the top of the lineup. Who now bats one and two for the Dodgers? Well, we'll have to see when we get to spring training, but my whole thing is like this. The Dodgers were still still in great shape before they had Turner. So I don't I, I don't see anything to the to the point where it's like, well, it's 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 a catastrophic loss. He wasn't with us for the last 10 years or anything, and he didn't make the Dodgers a dominant team. He was a added luxury, and that's why the Dodgers did not attempt to give him that much money. At the so you're okay the- with the Dodgers pretty much doing nothing? Well, I don't feel like they're not doing anything. I just feel like they just did not jump into the same. They're not, but the Dodgers aren't giving people 10 year contracts, okay? And I think the Dodgers are working themselves into a different situation where you get into that second tier of players and you still have uh, Dansby. Is Watson still out there? You still have him out there as well, too. So I think the Dodgers will make some moves. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that everybody was expecting them to make some big moves at the winter meetings, but they did not. And I wasn't surprised by that either. I would say that, you know, the Dodgers – uh, probably are working on a monster trade somewhat as well too. We, we you never know. And then a lot of the guys who left were already injured prone and did not even really play last season, except for Justin Turner, Trey Turner, and um, Bellinger. And losing Bellinger is just almost like okay, we have we're so crowded in that outfield that you know losing Bellinger. We you looked at the uh, you looked at the plus minus of the situation and you were good with him walking off. And then I think you looked at it with uh, Turner as well too, and you're good with him walking off. But Justin Turner, that's just more of a money. That's more of a negotiation. And I think the Dodgers just want to reduce payroll just a little bit this year, so they can go ahead and make sure that they solidify these other contracts that they have with Mookie and Freddie. Well. Would that nullify what you're saying if they then throw out a big contract for Carlos Correa? And I want Correa too, but they have like this section of Dodger fans that are vehement about not having him because they're still holding grudges about uh, losing a game seven that had nothing to do with people still in signs. So, you know, um, 
I don't really care about that contingent of Dodger fans that don't want Carrera because I want the guy badly because that automatically fills into the shortstop position that you already you need to fill. Because I thought losing Corey Seager was a bigger uh, bigger loss than losing Turner, to That's be honest. That's a good point. You know what I mean? So, because he's killing it down there in Texas, and he's going to have another good season with Texas as well, too, because he's fully rehabbed now. So, you know, because the Dodgers was dealing with a guy who was uh, coming back from a major surgery. You know what I mean? And same thing goes for uh, Cody. He'll probably ball out in uh, Chicago this year because he'll probably be fully recovered. See, that's the thing about baseball. Guys, sometimes it takes them a year or two to get back from an injury, and then they might just need a uh, change of scenery for them to get back to being the player that we're used to them being. So I just think that, you know, Turner now, he has a lot of pressure on him, man. And, he, and now you, you look at him to be a marquee player. He didn't have to be a marquee guy with the Dodgers. He just had to be feeling, do his role and do his job. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel that he's been he's been able to have great lineups with him as well, too. And going to the Phillies, he's going to have another great lineup with them, too. But they struggle and you're not getting back Bryce Harper to the All-Star break. Because he's he got the uh, Tommy John situation with his arm. Yep. So okay, before we move on from the Dodgers, looks to me as of right now, they'll probably move Gavin Lux to. Uh, to short or have him be the starting shortstop. That's Maybe Ma- Max Muncy to second. Yeah, that that would work. And you know, Gavin just gets to go to his natural position. They've been having to moonlight him in the outfield. They've been having to moonlight him at third base. They've now he gets to be the shortstop, and now he knows he's about to be the everyday guy. And Gavin Lux is a superstar. Uh, once he once he everything comes together for him because that guy is a straight. He got everything that it takes to be a star in L.A. You know what I mean? He got the movie star looks. He got good little charisma. He's a good uh, locker room guy as well, too. And so it works out. That's why the Dodgers aren't aren't worried about anything because Gavin Lux is is seen as a phenom. You know what I mean? I know that's that's kind of extra, but that's what they what they Philly Philly is, and they thought that about Julio Urias as well too. The Dodgers have not missed on saying that these guys were going to be great pros, and it's just that simple. And you and I would say I would love being a part of the Dodger organization because maybe if I don't make it with the Dodgers, I make it somewhere else, and I'm getting a hundred million minimum. Because Verdugo is about to get paid from Boston soon, too. So, you know, that just goes to show you the Dodgers are stacked when it comes to the minor leagues because they haven't given up their best players because they have so many players. They got the best scouts in the business. But, you know, if they won more World Series, it would it would it would it would really make more sense. I know to everybody, but. MLB is, is is a tricky sport, man. It 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 really moves. It it's really hard to repeat all that stuff. So it, it's it's a tough sport, and the only team that really has it figured out right now are the Astros. Good point there. Uh, the Dodgers looks like their outfield right now would be uh, Mookie Betts, Trace mm. Thompson, and mm. uh, Chris Taylor. Uh, if they're satisfied with that. Um, you have one A plus hitter and fielder, and then uh, a couple of average, maybe a little bit above average outfielders to round up that outfield. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super impressed with uh, this lineup top to bottom right now. I, I think it's lost a lot. But 
like you said, they've got a lot of guys that most people don't really know about that are ready to be called up guys that they're high on. I know they're big on uh, Miguel Vargas. Um, he's an infielder, but I think they could probably move him to outfield. The Dodgers are really good at getting guys to play multiple positions. So we'll let, uh, we'll get some more answers in spring training. Let's go South I five South a few miles down to San Diego, man. It affects the Red Sox and the Padres. I'm pissed as a Red Sox fan. You might not be pissed as a Dodger fan. I'm pissed as a Red Sox fan because of their equivalent of Trey Turner, if not a better version of Trey Turner, in my opinion, that they lost in Xander Bogarts. He was kind of the heart and soul of that team. He tied into a lot of the World Series uh, and success regimes from a few years ago, and I'm really bummed that they lost him. He's a huge bat, but he's a great and he's a great clubhouse guy. He'll probably rub off uh, positively with Tatis. And now they've got this murder murderer's low row lineup with Tatis, Juan Soto, uh, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts. You're not going to find a better foursome in the entire major leagues, Pop. Well, yeah, you know, and just hopefully everybody can stay healthy. Because, see, at the end of the day, you just say, this is too good to be true. And I ain't trying to sound like the big juicy hater and things like that. Hopefully, chemistry can work itself out, too. Because at the end of the day, yeah, they do got a killer's role. But um, it's the MLB, and this is a tough sport. And San Diego found themselves with still a a pretty damn good lineup. And they still found themselves um, still had to really sneak into the playoffs. So, this team doesn't have that that to me they don't have that type of flow where they can go ahead and just peel it off like the Dodgers did. You know what I mean? They got to play off, off of a rhythm, off of adrenaline and when they start to struggle, they're going to struggle. But they they have a they got they they are really good. They it's a really good advertisement. It's a good way to bring in uh season uh more season ticket holders down there at Petco. I know that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep the house filled up and everything like that. But I think that they were getting a little 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 greedy there. Um and it's gonna be something that they're gonna pay for um come for the season because you know they were trying to get judge, trying to give him four hundred million, then they're trying to give Turner three hundred million. It's just like bro. You guys are about to put $5 billion on a payroll? Like, come on, man. These guys, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? And I know that those players were looking at it like, that sounds all good and well, but what happens when the team struggles and you want to get rid of all of us? You know what I mean? And that's my whole thing. Like, how long are the Padres going to put up this 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 whole, let's compete with the Dodgers by trying to buy the whole MLB? And it's funny because their fans were very quick to say the Dodgers are and Giants are, buy teams, why they build teams because they were so loving their farm system. All those guys from that farm system aren't a part of the uh, team anymore. Now they're now they're trying to play Dodger ball, and I think that they might wind up being like how your Red Sox were when they had Crawford and Gonzalez. Well, I'm going to tell you why this situation, in my opinion, is different because they went after a lot of young guys. I mean, that core right now with Soto, Xander Bogarts, you know, Manny is the veteran on the team, um, but those guys are all pretty young, right? Soto and Tatis, I mean, 
they've been in the league for a while, but they're still like <laughs> mid twenties. I mean, it's crazy. They haven't even hit their peak seasons yet. Um, so, so Xander and uh, Machado end up being kind of the seniors, but they've got a lot of baseball in them. I mean, they could probably go strong for another five, probably. So, uh, I'm pretty impressed with what the Dodgers, uh, with the what the Padres have done. I think they've established themselves. Uh, I'm not going to say at the top of the division because the Dodgers pitching is still deep. The Dodgers have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to pitching. That I'll give them credit yeah, for. There's no, there are no team that's got a deeper depth chart for pitching and guys that they can bring up to fill in. And we've seen them call up guys or bring in unheralded guys and they become Cy Young type pitchers. So the Dodgers are always going to be able to compete with that kind of depth with the Padres uh, going up I five North, the giants. I mean, let me tell you something right now. I'm in Northern California. I'm listening to the radio stations. They, the fans are absolutely bummed out, man. I'm not going to say they're mad. They're upset. They're sad. They really, really thought that they had Aaron judge or as John Heyman typo said, arson judge. Uh, but they really <laughs> thought that they had him. And uh, and now they get Mitch Hanniger as the consolation. I mean, that's I've never seen it where a team is going for like a superstar, not get him, and then not go after another superstar like Correa or something. But then just to go after like Mitch Hanniger afterwards, uh, I think they've fallen flat on their face on this one, Pop. Yeah, I think they have. I think they have. But we need to get into Aaron Judge when we get back from this commercial break. No doubt about that, man, because uh, the big man bet on himself and he got paid. Let's take a quick time out. We'll come back, talk some Aaron Judge baseball right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show, talking some baseball, some hot stove, winter meetings, signings, big splashes, swings and misses, all of that good stuff. And that leads us to one final point about the Padres. And then we move on to the big man himself, Aaron judge all rise to the home run champion of all time in the American league. So the point I was making at the break, there was the giants swung and missed on judge and they landed Mitch Hanniger. the Padres. They also went for judge, but they swung and missed and then landed Xander Bogarts. And there, that there is the big difference between the Giants' approach and the Padres' approach in this uh, marketplace. We've seen how two teams approach it very differently. I just don't see how the Giants can compete, even though they said going into this offseason that they plan to be able to put together a team that can compete with the Dodgers and with the Padres. I'm just not seeing it right now. I know Farhan is uh, deserving of the benefit of the doubt. Just not seeing it right now, Pop. Um, unless you got something to chime in on that, let's talk about the guy that could play NFL tight end if he wanted to. Probably even the best tight end in NFL if you wanted to. reason I bring that up is because of that photo that I saw him wearing the Buccaneers jersey at the game next to Tom Brady. And I'm like, man, could you imagine that? And you could see him without pads on, too. It was like, man, this guy would be a beast. But he's a base, beast on the playing field, baseball-wise. And uh, I think he played it pretty well, man, extremely well. A-plus to how him and his management team played this offseason, played the 2022 season, et cetera. What, what say you? I think what happened with the, with the Yankees and Judge was this. It was a prove-to-me season because the Yankees are so – the Yankees aren't cash strapped, but the Yankees are uh, the Yankees are the luxury of the MLB. They are the top of the top. They are the they are the Yankees. They can buy anything they want. We know this. So they have a different approach though than they did when the old boss was around. So the young so his kids are a little bit more uh they like to save money a little bit more, you know what I mean? Cause they still paying on that stadium cause they still trying to get that return on that stadium. So, you know, they got, they had to sit up there and make judge prove himself because he, he didn't really have the greatest uh, seasons before this season, but like you said, they bet on it and they went ahead and got it. Cause he could have easily signed a, a extension for like one sixty. You know, last last winter he could have easily did the extension with him that they, that was offered, but he didn't want that. So he turned it down, like you said, and he bet on himself because regardless of anything, if he would have hit 30, 40 home runs this season, the Giants still would have tried to pay for him. They still would have gave up a King's ransom for him because they just wanted the idea of having a star like Judge. You know what I mean? And they were, they were thinking about it, but I think that they just want to have a good – 
story for the press in New York City. I think that was pre-planned by him and the Yankee organization that, you know, let's act, let's play like, you know, you want to leave and we're not on the best of terms and da-da-da-da-da. So you can play up the drama why his agents over here should giving you the numbers on why he should be getting this money right here. And I think they played it the same way A-Rod played his final deal in the MLB and they were able to get him paid. It's that simple, you know what I mean? And I think that teams jumping the gun, that really just made that made the Giants look bad because the Giants didn't even know that they signed him. They didn't even know that he had called them. But the reporter comes out anyway and says that and plays like they did. And then at the end of all of it, he's like, oh, my God, I'm, oh. You know, he he's, he, he, he is – he, you know, he's looking pretty foolish as well, too. He might not even get a call on a credible uh, show anymore because he's actually a credible writer as well, too. So, you know, it's the the uh, the the I got to be first uh, antidote and it backfired. But all in all, I think that Aaron Judge did not really 360 million is a lot of money for a guy that is already 30 years old. But you had to pay him because he he had a signature year and now he's a Yankee for life. He was always going to be a Yankee for life, but now it's official that he's not going anywhere. And so it's good because the Yankees probably are going to get three or four rings before it's all said and done for Aaron judge as well, too. Well, rings aside because they haven't addressed their pitching. Um, I will say this. That's been a couple winners though. Mike, what's that? I said that's been a couple winners, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. So <laughs> the the point I was going to make is this. I can't think of somebody. I, mean, I don't know if you can. Maybe the audience can uh, let us know. Can you think of a player who at his peak left the Yankees and made it to the Hall of Fame? Because I think a lot of players come to the Yankees to become Hall of Famers. Right, whether it be Boggs or Clemens or any of these guys had great careers, and they and they went went to the Yankees to get rings and to become Hall of Famers. I don't remember anybody leaving the Yankees to go to the Brewers to go become a Hall of Famer, leaving the Yankees to go to Tampa to become a Hall of Famer, leaving the Yankees to go to the Padres to become a Hall of Famer. It's usually guys Giambi and guys like that. Miguel, uh, uh, who was I thinking of? I spaced out there. But, you know, guys going to New York to become Hall of Famers. And I think when you're thinking about legacy, when you look at legacy, Aaron Judge, if he starts his career, ends his career wearing pinstripes, that number 99 will be hoisted with all of the Yankee greats. He'll be amongst all the Yankee greats. His lore will be around forever. And that can only happen if you begin and end your career with the New York Yankees, not begin your career as a Yankee and leave the Yankees. So I think this is as much a legacy play as anything else, Pop. Yeah, and I just think that it was all to play the media. That's it. They love to play that game with New York City. That's it. That's it. And that's all. They want everybody to complain. Oh, we don't need him anyway. Let him walk. You know what I mean? That's how they was. And then when he hit that 60-second home run, well, oh, we got to keep him. We got to have him. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because they got. Uh, it's funny because literally, Stanton can break it next season if 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 he can stay healthy all year. 
that's how crazy the Yankees' power is at the end of the day. I don't think they really need to address starting pitching. They need to address the middle relief. And do they have a, a successful closer? Because the Yankees have some thing. They have some players uh, stashed away in the minors as well, too. That are, are high end players as well. I know they get rid of a lot of their minor leaguers, but they they keep they hold on to the good ones. Though Mike, we know this Mariano Rivera, you know uh, Derek Jeter. So we know they hold on to the to to, to the ones that can that have bright futures, and Aaron Judge as well, too. You know, so those are homegrown Yankees, and that's what makes that really special for the Yankees, in my opinion, as well, too, that they got homegrown guys with this group. Uh, a lot of these guys are homegrown. They didn't add these guys from different teams or anything like that. So, you know, with, except for Stanton, and Stanton was uh, a luxury. That was a luxury because Jeter owns the uh, Mariners. That was that was love right there. So, you know, the Yankees, uh, the it, needs, it does need to translate to winning, though. It does need to start translating to winning World Series because the Yankees don't play for just getting to the championship series. It's that simple. Lakers, uh, Yankees, they're all the same. It's a ring or bust. It does not matter how bad the team is or how great the team is. You better go get a ring. Yeah, you make some good points there. Uh, I think if as a Yankee fan, you're kind of looking at it as a really nice transition in terms of passing the mantle you know, forget about Jordan to Kobe. This is within the same team. It's like Jeter to Aaron Judge. I mean, that's going to be a span of what, 1996 all the way to like 2030. That's a long time, man. That's a long span to have greatness uh, consecutively. Teams in all sports wish they had anything that resembles that. Um, as much as I hate the Yankees as a Red Sox fan, I do think it's impressive. I think Yankees fans are very lucky, very fortunate, not just to have a team that's looking to build a contender, but like the Dodgers, they have a pretty good farm system, and there's something to be said for homegrown guys start their career wearing the pinstripes, end their career wearing pinstripes. I think it's a very special thing, and I think that it's even more special when you could do that for not just for any team, but for the New York Yankees. Now, speaking of the city of New York and having luxuries, I thought it was really amazing that on one day, the New York Mets lose Jacob deGrom, who's probably the best pitcher on the planet when he plays. And he went over to the Texas Rangers and wasn't even a couple of days later they got probably the other best pitcher on the planet, which is Justin Verlander. But he's pretty old, man. How much do you think Verlander has in the tank? I mean, his ERA was as if he was like 25 and not 40. Uh, you know, probably has a couple of good years left in him. I think the Mets are kind of saying we got to win now. What, what do you think about the Mets offseason? The Mets, the Mets are being the Mets. Man, let's keep it real. I know you love Verlander. I know everybody loves Verlander, but Verlander showed exactly who he about, who he is about to be in the World Series. Okay, and if we talk about best player pitchers on the planet, Clayton Kershaw signed back with the Dodgers yesterday as well too for twenty million dollars. So you know he's back, but he he's he stuck around with his team though. So because I don't think anybody was ready to. I don't think I think uh, Degram took his contract. 
Because the Rangers would have offered that to Kershaw if they didn't get DeGram. I promise you that. Because they want that boy bad in uh, Dallas. Because that's where he's not too far from there. But um, Verlander just got one last payday. That's all that is, Mike. Come on, $86 million. What are they trying to do? Four years, something like that? Three? That Yeah, you just you just take the money. That's all you're doing. He just did the same thing Pedro did. You know, it might be good the first year, but then it's going to be a fall off. You know, that's how I feel. You know, Verlander's getting old, and he had real moments. He had two moments in the playoffs where he got tagged and got tagged really hard. So hopefully he comes back A1 healthy because if he's, if he's looking 40, it's going to be just him breaking the bank one last time. And I think the Mets, was it was an easy call because you get to be in New York City. That's I think that was the only thing that sold him on going to the Mets was New York City. And, and I'm going to guess he's also probably pretty good friends with Max Scherzer. They were former teammates uh, before, yeah. and I'm, I'm guessing that probably played a hand in it too. Now they yeah, can be he, one, two in the rotation. Watch too, yeah, but yeah, I I think that plays a part as well. I think he gave him some. Every everybody loves the Mets. You know what I mean? Think about it. The Yankees are that's if you when you want to win in the MLB and go to a big market, you go to the Yankees. When you want to just get paid and be paid, you go to the Mets. Come so on, man. That's so true, this. man. You know you, this. you nailed it. You know, because the Yankees, you got to be serious because somebody's going to run up in your face and be like, man, you didn't take the 2-2 bitch last night. Nah, 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 nah. Man, you go to Queens, somebody be like, man, I'll buy you a drink right now. I can't believe I just met Justin Verlander. Even though you gave him a three-way home run, I want to take you to the ball tonight. You know, that shit. So, you know, man, my bad. I'm sorry. But um, but that that stuff, you know what I mean? It's different. You know what I mean? You dealing with the team with the Queens guys when you met when you in uh New, when you in New York City. It's hard dealing with the boys from the Bronx, man. Mike, you know that. Oh yeah, for sure, man. No you know doubt I mean? about that. Well, speaking of the Queens and a couple of the other players, uh, you know, I'm high on their pitching, but there's a couple of guys that are being talked about as if they're something big. And in my mind, they're not. And if teams get them, they're going to be overspending like crazy. And I'm talking about Michael Conforto and Brendan Nimmo. Never thought that they were that great in the first place. Even when they've had career seasons, I don't think they're that great. I don't see what the hoopla is all about. I definitely don't think it's a consolation if you miss on Judge. Well, we got Brandon Nemo. Bullshit, man. Brandon Nemo is really, really uh, just a, a nice complimentary player. He's not a carry the lineup kind of guy. Neither is Michael Conforto. So as far as I'm concerned, those are just also eligibles. <laughs> those are uh, those are AEs that aren't going to even make it, right? They're right. just uh, a couple of average guys. I, I don't understand. If they Look, if they were playing anywhere besides in New York, nobody would even know who they are. And that's not disrespect to them. I'm just saying they'd be just another role player on the Brewers or something. You know what I mean? Just right. nice complimentary pieces, you know, and a team like the Giants would get them, you know, uh, to kind of like uh, jumpstart their career because the Giants are kind of good, just as good as the Dodgers are about jumpstarting pitching careers. The Giants are kind of good jumpstarting some of these guys who are kind of stuck in neutral. And then you bring him in and he makes like a game winning home run and gets some momentum going. And he's maybe the best player offensively on the Giants because they're so weak <laughs> offensively that he kind right. of stands out a little bit. Giants are kind of good at finding those kind of guys over the years. You know what I mean? Like the the Aubrey Huffs and uh uh 
geez, I've got it spacing right now, but they, they've done it with so many different guys. I, I didn't even know where to begin, but you bring in these guys that are kind of, you know, Cody Ross or, uh, you know, if we really thought about it, not on the spot, we could probably name like 10 guys that were kind of, eh, and then they come in and Michael Morse, he's another one um, that come in and, and then do a nice job with the Giants. Uh, but to me, Conforto, Nimmo, they're they're not even like a prize in any way, shape, or form. What do you think? I'm with you, Mike. I'm just guys. What what would they what would they really be? You know, uh, without being in New York, you know, what I mean they they would almost be out the league if they was playing for Baltimore or somebody. You know, what I mean, so you know, it, it, it's just like sometimes the market is just really slow. And guys just have really good agents that can go ahead and finesse deals. And that's all what happens. You know what I mean? Some teams get a little desperate, but some teams do this because they can use the leverage as well, too, because if they're bad midseason, they can trade these guys. You're right. I think it's a little bit desperate. It might be the best option available, right? Like if if you know you're not going to be able to get Swanson or Correa. Right. They they may be the next best options, unfortunately, for whoever's looking to – add some offense right right yeah um i'm just thinking to myself that and you say to yourself if you're if you're a casual you say who's conforto and nemo because you don't hear about them on espn you know i mean you don't hear about them barely on the mlb network so you know you just have a lot of things that the mets have to work on but i think the mets are really trying to lean on a farm system that's all the mets are trying to do the mets want everything homegrown because the Mets know that's them at their best as well, too, with a homegrown superstar. You know, they haven't had one since David Wright, but Pete Alonzo is kind of filling that void right now. So the Mets, to me, are not that far away, to be honest. Uh, they played in the toughest division in all of baseball last year. Even though the Dodgers and um, even though the West seemed tough, it wasn't tougher than the East. Because the East had three teams that literally had one 90 or better last year. You know, and um, you look down the road and, you know, Washington wasn't that great, but Marlins were a good middling team. They weren't uh, – and they might be a problem because they got some pitching. So they already are in a tough division as it, as is. So they had to get some veterans. They had to get guys that they could rely on to pitch for them. And I think that they actually upgraded now because they don't have DeGrom – and Thor anymore because those guys were always guys that were 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 not healthy when they needed to be healthy. You know what I mean? They were always great pitchers in junk time. And that's why I say DeGram is great, but I said most of DeGram's greatest moments with the Mets came as uh, as a mediocre team. So really you're 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 Zach Grinky in my book. Your point, man. I, I think that it's hard to argue that because of how much he's been on the playing field or the lack of being on the playing right. field. So I don't think that he's somebody that's reliable. You know, he's he's a he's a, he's a prize when you have him. It's kind of like uh, the second half of his career, Chris Sale. He's real nice right. when you have him, but can you rely on him being there throughout? Track record says no. Let's take our final timeout, Pop. We'll come back, talk some National Football League. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show. Final segment. We're going to talk a little bit of National Football League, the NFL. We are in the middle of a uh, the quarter pull stretch, as I like to call it, heading into the final stretch of the season, the final quarter mile of the season. And, you know, what we thought we knew, we maybe no longer know. And what we thought we were convinced of, we're no longer convinced of. And that goes in every single direction when you're talking about the standings and how you rank the teams and who's got a shot and who doesn't have a shot. We'll start with the team that we both like because a few weeks ago they had zero shot uh, and that we're talking about the Raiders. Now they've got a path forward. You predicted it, Pop. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but hey, anytime in the National Football League, when you rattle off three, four, five wins in a row, uh, you're going to put yourself in a position to be able to make moves. That's just the way it is because, you know, short season relative to all the other sports. So when you're talking about four ga- three, four games in a row, that's 25% of the season, Pop. So the, the, the Raiders are creeping closer to the 500 mark, and lucky for them, there's now a seventh playoff team in football. You said that they were going to go on a run. They have gone on a run. Their schedule favors the run continuing. Starts tonight against the L.A. Rams. They should be able to take care of business against the Rams. If they can't, then they don't deserve to be on the playoff run. But if they can, 
Then they continue on with a home game against the New England Patriots, who have no firepower, but a good defense. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have mediocre firepower and a mediocre defense. And you're going to have to win these next three games, Pop, because you're going to close against the 49ers and the Chiefs, who are both going to put up a real tough fight. What say you? Man, I'm going to say like this. The Raiders know what time it is, and they can play spoiler right now. It's that simple. You know, the Raiders, honestly, and it sounds crazy right now, but the Raiders could have been 11-1 and one at this point because the, the only game that they truly got whooped in was the Saints game. And, you know, you look at the first nine games of the year, if they could have just been five and four, you know what I mean? And then, you know, start rolling and things like that. But I really do feel like the Raiders are playing. And now, now McDaniels is in his, his groove. He's really in his groove now because the offense has opened up because of Josh Jacobs. It's that simple. And now they can go ahead and they can really take advantage of the pass game. And I think that Waller not being in the lineup kind of affected the uh, them a little bit. But as I said, with even when Waller was in the lineup, he dropped crucial catches that lost games as well too. So it doesn't really matter if he was there or not because he hasn't been a reliable player for the last uh you know few seasons you know as soon as he got it got as soon as he got paid things got a little different you know what i mean i think he's a little bit more worried about his wnba girlfriend than actually you know being a, a really good football player so you know it happens it's vegas so um you know women always get you in trouble with vegas you know that mike oh, so yeah. <laughs> so um I'm just thinking to myself, the Raiders are making the right run right now. Derek Carr has kind of um, got himself back into good graces with the fan base for now. Because I still say, how do you move on from Derek Carr? There's not a good, there's not a quarterback that can replace him in college football right now. I don't, I don't trust any college football quarterback with with my franchise, even if I'm a bad team right now in the NFL. I just don't. C.J. Stroud, those guys, they're good, but they still need some more work. They might as well stay in college, in my opinion. You know what I mean? I know they're not, but, you know, the NFL, you know, maybe you guys need to get back to how it was in the 90s where you guys really just keep it real with guys and don't sugarcoat them coming to the league because how big of a school they went to. So I just really do feel like the Raiders are making their move. It's it's really sad to see what happened to the Rams at, that and it's really sad to see that people did not believe me when I said that the Rams were going to be a very middling team, if not a below average team this season, because their coaches burnt out and they lost key players to that championship team last season, and they went all in on the wrong guy. You, sh- you shouldn't never pay. You didn't have to pay Matt Stafford. You just got. You should have gave him a ring and sent him down the road, and then you could have play quarterback roulette again you possibly could have just went and got Russell Wilson since you just keep giving up draft picks and you could have just paid him the money that you paid uh Stafford you know well I think you make a good point there I don't want to uh leave that point just yet because uh, you were talking about Carr and I I love Carr I think he's very underrated I think he gets a lot of heat for no reason but I think it was kind of the similar mindset that you were talking about with Carr like okay well what are the options because we saw what happened to Denver when they thought, okay, we're going to bring in somebody here and we're going to say he's going to save the day and it hasn't worked out at all with Russell Wilson. So when right. you look at it from that perspective, you know, um, who could perform better than Carr right now on the Raiders that's available that they have a chance to get? 
You know what I mean? There's something to be said, Pop, for a given to know what you have. They know what they have with Carr. They don't know what they have with any of the other guys that are potentially available to them. You know, if Denver knew what they knew now, would they have signed, uh, traded for Russell Wilson? Hell no. Right. Hell no. But I think that was the Rams mindset, too, with Stafford, to the point you were making. I wanted just to piggyback on that. I think the Rams looked at it and like, hey, we don't have a better option. We better keep Matthew Stafford. Right. Well, they had a young, they had a quarterback they drafted who's killing it in Detroit right now. I'm so happy for my man Jared Goff. I'm a Jared Goff fan, so that's why I say Jared Goff. And when if I see guys in person and they ball, you're always gonna hold a place in my heart. And Mark Sanchez is one of them. Penn State Rose Bowl game, and then the greatest Monday Night Football game of all time. I was there at the Coliseum. I think everybody in LA was at that game. Uh, Chiefs Rams and golf was amazing that night. He totally outplayed Mahomes. This is why I'm not impressed with Mahomes because I seen him in person. I said, ah, this guy will really lose you a game. It doesn't matter how great you think he is. When the pressure really comes down to it, he'll lose you the game. Oh man, we we are we're on polar opposites on this one. I love Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, and I don't I, I like know, Jared like, Goff, <laughs> and I don't like Goff. So, you know, even though you and I are in agreement about a lot of stuff, I think this is where we part ways regarding these two <laughs> NFL quarterbacks. Uh, but, again. I won't hold it against you, Mike. I, I'm here's the thing, the though. Didn't the, okay, but didn't the Goff thing kind of wear itself out in L.A.? Like, I think McVay got jealous of him. McVay wanted to be the star of the team, and Goff was I- interrupting that. You know, what I mean, well, the, why why wouldn't he be jealous of like Todd Gurley or somebody who was all world for a while there? Like well, why Goff? Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, you know, Todd Gurley was a running back. He was a they they wore him down to the absolute. They wore him. They wore him down to the absolute. You know, when you have like a, a, a something that's a, a fine tune tune thing, you just and you just wore him down to the absolute. Just grind of just almost dust you know what i mean that's how bad they work my man my uh girly dude it's like my favorite oh. black shirt you know after a while you've worn it so many times like it's not right. the same black color anymore and you're like man I-, I love this shirt but i gotta part ways with it and yeah they wore girly down raw i mean right uh hopefully that good dude can walk in 10 years <laughs> because they, right. they got the most out of him i i hear what you're saying um, let, let's move on real quick. Cause we got to wrap the show in a couple of minutes here. I'm going to make a prediction. Seattle Seahawks win the division, not the San Francisco 49ers. And it doesn't completely have to do with the quarterback situation. Cause I don't think that pretty is necessarily a downgrade from Garoppolo. Um, but I think that the winner of the division is going to be the winner of next Thursday night's game between the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers up in Seattle. They usually split that series. I think the Seattle Seahawks take it. Niners have a little bit of a different schedule. So that's kind of my going out on a limb statement there. And if the Niners don't win that game, by the way, they might be in playoff trouble. I know it sounds crazy for a team that's eight and four, but mark my words, we're going to be having this discussion and the weeks coming up ahead. The team that's really impressed me a lot, though, Cincinnati Bengals pop. They're a team that has uh, really turned the corner. They're kind of into their groove, and that's even without their top running back in Mixon because Samaje Samaj has done uh, a really, really admirable job filling in. Um, looks like Buffalo maybe have, has righted the ship. Maybe I had overly high expectations of the Miami Dolphins, 
And that's my quick NFL roundup, man. What say you? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I got a feeling that we are kind of set in our ways in the playoffs uh, when it comes to the NFC. Um, if anybody, I think what happens is, is that the, the final spot will either go to San Francisco or to Washington. You know, I think, and believe it or not, I think the New York Giants are a playoff team now. I said the ball is 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 doing what he has to do, you know, to get this team to the next level. And they they are a tough out each game. They really are. You know what I mean? Win or lose. So, you know, they, they play tough. You know what I mean? So they have that. But I truly do think that um, Cincinnati's uh, on the rise, but they're not the best team in the AFC yet. And I think that Buffalo does go ahead and run the table. And uh, I still have Buffalo going to the World Super Bowl this year as well, too, even without Von Miller, because Von Miller is done for the year. Do you have, uh, just in closing, do you have a pick or two for Sunday or Saturday? Oh, I was ready for you. I was ready for you. Okay. We're going to take Tom Brady to go ahead and get that plus 150 home for us uh, this weekend. And then we're going to go ahead and take the Chargers in Sunday Night Football to get another uh, big win for us. So go ahead and double up on that dog parlay real quick and two-team it real fast. All Cali, baby. I'm going to give you a parlay, or a, sorry, a, a, a dog as well. That's a Cleveland Browns. They're getting five and a half points against their in-state rival, the Cincinnati Bengals. For as I'm good as the Cincinnati Bengals have looked and how bad Deshaun Watson looked, you go the other way with it, right? Watson's going to play better, and the Bengals maybe come down to earth. I think five and a half for an in-state rival. It's a lot of points. Give me the Cleveland Browns and the points, and that takes us to the end of the show pop thank you very much always love chopping it up with you and uh thank you to all the listeners without you there's no show we will see you same time same place next week enjoy your sports weekend everyone thanks for joining us this week for the mike abadir show please tune in again next thursday at 7 p.m eastern time and 4 p.m pacific time for another show with mike and his co-host gino bacola on the voice america variety channel have a great week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management. An inspirational speaker and an Amazon number one best-selling author, Carol Edmonston has shared her interactive workshops with both children and adults. Whether it's in a school, hospital, or professional business,